Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this week, we're back, just like movies, cinema, the American experience, mm. um, toys, the atomic mm. bomb. All of those things are also back as the Barbenheimer week was just possibly on. the best week of my life, maybe. I don't know. Like Christmas is really going to have to deliver this year, guys. I'm just saying that right yeah. now. Oh, for because sure. Because this weekend was unbelievable. Uh, I know that I saw it. David, you saw it. We're going to have a special guest with us on the podcast today who also got to experience the full Barbenheimer weekend as well. Um, and we will hear her thoughts coming up soon. The first ever woman on our podcast. Mm, uh, we support we've women. We've expanded. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, actually, in David's case, women support him financially for at That's least fair. the first year of his marriage. So Come on. Uh, Come on. anyway, uh, we're, we're just going to talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer because what else? What, what's everybody talking about? I mean, I've heard people who I didn't even know knew what movies were are talking about how much they loved both Barbie and Oppenheimer. So we're just going to do that. So let's just stick around. are making so much money unbelievable mm. amounts yeah um barbie is inching closer as we're recording this on monday night to 200 million dollars domestically oppenheimer's looking like it's going to cross the 100 million dollar threshold i think you sent a tweet in our group chat earlier that said that um oppenheimer's 70 millimeter screenings were sold out f- till what august 6th did you say so the guy that the guy that made the tweet was kind of frustrated? He's like, "Here's the screening on August sixth, seventy millimeter, and there's not a single seat available." And then someone comments said, "Here's August sixteenth, AMC screenshot, um, and the the theater sold out. August sixteenth. That's what three weeks away, two weeks away. Wild." Mm-hmm. Now there's a very small amount of theaters that offer seventy millimeter IMAX screening, but still, the fact that these are already sold out for so far in advance for an R-rated three-hour biopic is insane. I mean, it's crazy. And and Barbie is the same way. This is a comedy based on a doll. <laughs> and it is going to make $200 million and be one of the best-reviewed movies of the last five years. I mean, none of this, this doesn't make any sense. It's all down to genius-level marketing and just the first time in a long time that movies have actually been the center of American culture again. Like we mm. all like Top Gun Maverick and we're all kind of there and, and enjoyed it, but that didn't really feel like something everybody was talking about for months leading up to it and had made an event. It was kind of an after effect Whereas yeah. this was built up uh, for months. I know you and I were, we were talking about this last year when we saw the release dates for these movies. Yeah. Yep. And have been eagerly anticipating both. And it's already here. Out. Wow. And it it's and passed. it. Yeah. Do you feel a little sad? I kind of feel a little sad. Like it's like that. It's like that. You know, two o'clock on December twenty fifth. You're like, man. It's exactly what I was thinking. Next year, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, well, we're past. That was a lot of build up, and we're, we're done. The thing with Christmas is Christmas actually feels less Christmassy after like noon on christmas day the most christmas christmas feels this is the worst sentence i've ever said in my life by the way (laughs) is like christmas eve like 9 p.m christmas eve when you're like oh my gosh like christmas is tomorrow and so that's kind of how i'm feeling um but i think i'm gonna go back for round two this weekend i'll probably get tickets and go watch both again Mm -hmm. um and so i might even do mission impossible as well and just watch three movies this weekend fire it's pretty fire um so yeah, and we'll talk about, we're not even going to yeah. yeah we're not even going to talk about that now, yeah. uh, but let's let's actually get in first of all before we actually get into the individual movies. David, did this weekend live up to the hype? Just give me an overview. You don't have to talk in depth about your thoughts, but did it live up to the hype for you? Exponentially, I would I would I would agree. I, I'm both movies were amazing. I mean, the odds of them going two for two like this and delivering. 
I have seen very few negative reviews for either one. And all of those negative reviews are people who are almost angry at the fact that the movies are successful Mm. and not actually about anything in the movies themselves. They're just like, this is stupid that this is popular. And so you you ask if this is like, you know, a good experience. This, this might be my, the best movie theater experience of my, of my life. And I know that sounds like just so dramatic, but Friday I watched mission impossible dead reckoning part one Friday night. I watched Oppenheimer Sunday night, watched Barbie. I mean, three opening, I guess technically Mission Impossible is not opening weekend, but opening weekend movies that are that successful and that popular all at once, mm-hmm. like that's a pretty good weekend of movies. You know what I mean? Because we've had one, right? We all remember the weekend of Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. and Spider-Man No Way Home and Top Gun Maverick. And even before that, the first Avengers film was like something that was really, really important. I remember like there was a feeling when I was in the theater of like, wow, I'm like seeing something special here. This has never been done before. Yeah. But I can never think of a weekend in which there were two movies coming out that I so desperately wanted to see. And they both ended up being good. Like living up to my expectations. I know you were in line for Dark Knight and Mamma Mia in 2008. Okay, let's, we know how I feel about <laughs> uh, musicals, and we um, know that I'm not a Mamma Mia guy. I did see Dark Knight. Um, you know what I saw on Twitter? Young. What? If someone said the Dark Mama ran, walked, <laughs> so Barbenheimer could run. <laughs> I wonder if those movies would have blown up the same mm-hmm. way, though, if they had the internet. Because mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. like the Barbie marketing budget was insane. It was $150 million, which is more than the actual budget of the movie itself. Mattel was going all out to try to market this movie, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of word of mouth and a lot of like just natural groundswell Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and just using social media to market the movie. And so I wonder mm-hmm. if like a Mamma Mia dark Knight, if there were people making memes like they are now back in 2008 Maybe was they I could funny? Have also had a, a thing in two thousand eight. I I don't I don't know I don't think I think <laughs> we were still like early Facebook and like okay. MySpace. Yeah, and I don't know. I was eight. I was, yeah, yeah. I was concerned about my Game Boy. Yeah, um, I wasn't really worried about you know social media. Yeah. I didn't know what well, that I mean, was. You, so you talk about biggest weekends ever. I mean, this is the fourth largest weekend in U.S. box off office history uh i mean yeah pretty impressive i'm I'm curious it's out there somewhere i'm curious what the other three are but even fourth ever that's that's very very impressive this is the first summer i can remember living up to the movie hype Mm. last summer didn't even live up to the hype and last summer was good i had quite a few enjoyable theater experiences last summer um but this summer is like living up to the hype for me and, and we're not and done the movies yet. are really great. We started with Spider-Verse. We yeah. moved through that to Mission Impossible. We're Barbie Air. Oppenheimer. I'm a little worried about August. Doesn't look super strong to me. Yeah. Um, so it looks like they're gonna push Dune back three months, not up three months, which would be elite. You think if I if I could watch Dune next weekend, I think my life would be like I would be fine dying. I'm not I'm not even joking. Like I think we're good. If I yeah. can see Dune Part Two, and I'm I'm just I'm out. But yeah, of course, if so you push great. it back three months, you're like, and still the strike isn't nothing changes. You're like, a worry like if it comes out this year, you know? Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that too, uh, eventually at some point. Because yeah, these the way these movies are coming out is all gonna change, based on the fact that there's not gonna be any press events for actors yeah. attending and stuff like that. So. Anyway, let's let's talk about the movies themselves. First, let's talk about Barbie. Um, the movie I enjoyed the most. One of the great things about this podcast is, although David and I agree on a lot of things, where our opinion levels vary a lot on films. And so I liked Barbie more than he did, and I, you liked Oppenheimer more than I did. So we'll get kind of a perspective from both people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really excited, actually, for Barbie to get the thoughts of our special guest and that is mm. sophie uh sophie uh you know david is married to sophie for those of you that don't know been married for over a year now 
Almost. Um, we are five days from our year anniversary. I, for some reason, thought it was mid. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense now. Now I remember the date. Okay. That's yeah. on me. No, hey, it's all good. Um, so the, almost a year. Um, Sophie, I want to ask, uh, did you have any prior knowledge or relationship to, to Barbie, like as a, as a doll? Like, Cause obviously David and I weren't really playing with Barbies. Um, did you like play with Barbies a lot as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. I had a whole tub full of Barbies. Definitely had a weird Barbie myself. Of course. Um, but no, I love, love playing with Barbies. Well, it's just one of the many dolls I played with as a kid. So when when did you first remember hearing about this movie? Um, and you know, what were your thoughts? Do you were you like excited, or you're like, why the heck are they making a Barbie movie? I don't remember the specifics of when I found out. I'm pretty sure I found out like through a fa- friend. I was like, hey, have you heard about this? And I'm like, no. Um. I was excited about it. I was a little confused at first, when, but then when I found out it was Margot Robbie playing Barbie, I was all for it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yep, it's going to be good. And it was. And Ryan Gosling. Yes. And, and Ryan Gosling. Because Ryan Gosling is literally us, David. We are Ryan Gosling. Come on. Um, which is impressive. Yeah, <laughs> I Margot Robbie, uh, for me, has really solidified in the last like year that she's maybe the most comedically gifted actress that... The, is working right now. Um, I just think I know gifted you, in general. Yeah, she's she's incredible. I know you mm-hmm. both watched uh, Babylon. I know you both did not like Babylon, but Margot mm-hmm. Robbie was like transcendent in that film. Um, she was my favorite part. Oh, absolutely. And she does that every time. I feel like she's the magnetism that she has when she's on screen is just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Uh, the other the other question I really want to ask before I get your thoughts on the movie itself. Did you have any relationship to the films of Greta Gerwig before this? Um, no. I mean, I know of Lady Bird. I've seen parts, but not all of it. Okay. Didn't see Little Women. So okay. this was my well, introductory yeah. introductory film to Greta Gerwig. That hurts me a little. I David, know. what are you doing? I'm sorry. What sorry. are you doing? Yeah, that that was one I watched. That was one that I watched by myself. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. Lady, Lady Bird is, yeah. is, yeah, it's crazy. Lady Bird it's is good. so good. But I, I think that's so interesting because I'm a person who came into this from a different perspective, obviously, as, as a man, but also a person who the main selling point for me was not the IP, not Barbie, but Greta Gerwig herself. And that's mm-hmm. the reason I wanted to see the film. And so the fact that you came in from a completely different perspective, and I think both of us, I mean, I gave it a four and a half out of five, spoiling my rating for the end. I thought it was amazing. And I I don't, you don't generally, you have a letterbox account. Sophie does have a letterbox account. You can follow her. Yes, she sir. doesn't rate things though. No. Um, she just likes them. But yeah. I would imagine your rating for this film would be rather high. Am I correct? Yeah. I'd say four and a half, five. Right. If I had exactly. to give the rating, but that gives me anxiety. So I don't do it. Okay. Well, I won't. I won't force you to do it here if you don't want well, I just to did. It, commit to one. Okay. Well, it was free, I, so I did it. See, sometimes you just need to let it out. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not enough to say you just like something. You have to, for some reason, give a specific numerical value to everything in your life. Right. Um, David's hat six point four. You know, like you just have I to like do it. it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so let's talk about the movie itself. Let's talk about Barbie. Barbie is, how do I even describe the plot of this? I don't, David, actually, I want you to try to do it. I wrote it down, but can you just try, without spoiling the film, try to describe the plot of Barbie for me? Oh my goodness. So do you not want me to read what you wrote down or use it as kind of a little no, bit of yeah, a reference? No, yeah, you need to come up with your own. You can, you can use it <laughs> as a guide, but I want to hear your in your own words try to explain what Barbie is about. Um, so, well, without spoiling it too, but we are, we are, we are in Barbie land, right? Where the Barbies live. That's pretty, that's a given. And, right. um, you know, Barbie, who's played by Margot Robbie realizes that something's off and, um, finds through help of a friend, um, a weird friend, 
that um, you know, ha- here's how you fix this so-called problem that has arisen, uh, which requires her to go to the real world, um, and uh, you know, through a outlet of systems, I'll say, I'll put it that way. Uh, she finds herself a Barbie in real world LA and uh, has to meet her problems head on and try to fix them uh, in order to resolve the problems that is happening with her. Um, Mm -hmm. And before she knows it, more problems arise within that. And uh, she just has, she has a couple problems on her hand, more than one and uh, all have to be solved before Mm -hmm. the movie rolls the credits. So. I mean, that was, I think that was, that was pretty good. It's, it's very difficult to describe. I tried to describe it to somebody at work today um, and I kept being like, well, so actually, no, this, so it's kind of, have you seen the matrix? And they were like, wait, what? And I was like, well, it's kind of like, um, cause this movie has such like a wide array of influences. So it's hard to describe the, the bare bones of it though, is this movie is about, um, the patriarchy, which is, is maybe not what people were expecting from a Barbie movie. Um, but it's a movie about feminism. It's a movie about the patriarchy. Um, and it has a lot of things to say, but I don't think it ever came off as preachy, um, at least from my perspective. Sophie, this movie is obviously geared much more towards you. I, I think it's pretty mm-hmm. obvious that David and I are not the target audience. I don't know, a couple of times I laughed out loud at jokes and other times I felt like I couldn't even laugh because they were like, wow, I probably shouldn't be laughing at that. That's horrible. <laughs> because it's true so how did the messing did the messaging work for you i guess did did the movie's theme work for you yeah 100 percent. like it was definitely a movie for women and like i don't know it was just really cool to see like everything that i felt my whole life be perfectly displayed in a movie so yeah, the messaging came across spot on, A plus. I and I keep seeing that's I, you took the exact verbiage from like uh, an I think it was a Guardian review of this film. There mm-hmm. was like it's it's wild that Greta Gerwig has this ability to condense like all the life experiences of a half of the planet, or at least half of the people in the United States, because it, once mm-hmm. you start to get into different cultures, the experience of women is obviously different in different areas and stuff, but probably the most universal experience of, of what it seems like a lot of women are saying, this is this is what it's like in the US to be a woman. And she's able to do that in a way that's not boring. No. Like that was such an entertaining way to structure that film. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I feel like I literally learned something, which is, Kind of dumb. I sound like an idiot right now because I'm like, I went to the movies and I learned uh, and I'm a better person because of it. But I genuinely feel like that. What do you think was, I don't want to have you, I guess it'd be weird to have you point out one thing that you felt like really resonated, (laughs) but I'm actually going to have you do that. What's one, what's something from the movie that you think really resonated with you, Sophie? Yeah. Um, Well, I think it was funny because when we watched Oppenheimer with you, last, I don't know when it was. Friday. Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, I didn't cry, but people definitely did cry. Yeah, I cried. <laughs> twice. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them was just because it made me think of my mom. So I cried. Right. But I think one of them was when, this is also one of my favorite parts in the film, when Margot Robbie was like, I don't feel pretty anymore. And then it was like, nope, to the audience. Margot Robbie is not the correct role. <laughs> <laughs> I died laughing. So it was like one little tear and then laughed, like laughed my butt off because it was like, yeah, maybe a little bit of wrong casting there. But like, I don't know, maybe it was just because of my favorite part of the movie that just was like, yep, that's true. But I think every female in the world could relate to that just mm-hmm. because like the cultural trends, not cultural trends, but just like fashion trends, I should say has a lot to do with women's bodies and hair and nice no shape and eyes so it's like whatever's in trend that's pretty Mm -hmm. so like you know whenever she like 
didn't feel needed anymore, she didn't feel pretty. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. who just goes to show to that aspect? Mm-hmm. There's layers in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the one of the things from the outside that I could see the smartest things was that they didn't sugarcoat, um, but Greta Gerwig acknowledged and specifically pointed out a lot of the criticisms for Barbie um, mm-hmm. and what Barbie has kind of done to the female image, especially in the United States of, you know, skinny, blonde, mm-hmm. um, perfect body, you know, tall, long legs, like all of the stuff that is is seen as unrealistic standards and uses a 13 year old essentially to say that to mm-hmm. kind of break mm-hmm. that barrier down for Barbie. Did you agree with those criticisms? And is that something that you had, you had previously obviously thought independently, like Barbie is harmful. This is actually something that's been bad for women. I never had the correlation to what, you know, body standards that were given to women correlated to Barbie. Um, but I can definitely see the correlation. I can see where people get that from. I also don't think I've really thought too much about it where it's like, this is where it stemmed from. It stemmed from Barbie. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't, I never connected those two things. No. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. And I think I probably only recognize that because people have told me, like I never would have independently come up with that idea either. And I think that's that's something that you, that's the point, right? Because yeah. it happens to you when you're a kid. So you're not going to recognize it until somebody mm-hmm. points it out to you later. And then you go, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Yeah, that is exactly how that happened for me. So yeah. I think that's very interesting. Um, I want to ask you also, what, how did you feel? So there's a part of this movie, spoiler alert. For, so if you skip like a minute ahead, if you don't want to hear a spoiler for this movie. <laughs> uh, Ken learns about patriarchy and then immediately takes over Barbie land with patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And it's played for laughs, but it's also like kind of a serious moment where Ken is talking about the just culture of, of especially like industry as well. Mm-hmm. That's like a huge thing. Capitalism is obviously very prevalent in this movie. How did you feel about that depiction, watching that as a woman? And like, I know it's a dumbed down version and they're making fun of the patriarchy in a very obvious way. But is mm-hmm. that often how you see the patriarchy is is the kind of naked way they were talking about it, where it's a guy just saying like, yeah, we keep women down. We just hide it better now. Um, To an extent, yeah. I did kind of feel like I was watching a frat house unfold. Um, right. But I mean, yeah, a little bit. I was telling David after the movie, I was like, it's. Like, it's definitely real, like, women products that were made by man, and they're still controlled by men, right? And it's also, like, yes, to answer your question, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the deep depths of it. On this right, podcast. that's a long, that's a long yeah. podcast. Yeah. I realized I was about to get into that, and I was like, no, I don't, no need for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was... At least from my perspective, I didn't even see Ken as the villain in that moment. Um, and I don't even know if there is a villain in this movie. Mm. I'm like, the villain may be an idea, but I don't even know if Will Ferrell is necessarily the Like, I think he kind of is in, like, traditional, like, funny, comedic, like, over-the-top, rich, like, evil CEO mm-hmm. villain. But I don't think, like, he's the true villain of the film. And I don't think when Ken starts to, like, infect barbie land with the ideology of like women need to just be handing men beers and then all that matters is the mojo casa dojo um which is now what i've decided to call my apartment (laughs) yeah that's how it's it's great um but i don't i think he was also a victim which i thought was really interesting like this isn't Mm -hmm. benefiting him either that lifestyle is not making him happy it's not making him better but he believes mm-hmm. that that's what he's supposed to be doing. So that was right, very yeah. smart by the film. Sophie, I, I have a question. I think we even talked about this afterwards. Um, obviously, you've seen a lot of, of movies, maybe a lot more since we've been together. But is this the most you've ever resonated with a film? 
would you say? Or are there other films that have maybe done? No, this one's definitely the most I resonated with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think it has something to do with that female director? Like, what do you think? Like, why do you think that is? Well, I def- she definitely had women in mind, meaning making this movie. So I think it was just the fact that it was uh, female made for women. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's even an interview by Margot Robbie. It's like, this movie's for everybody. And I think it is. Um, like it even kind of shed shed light into some of like the societal standards for men at the end. Um, but it's definitely like a lot of women's stereotypes have been brought up in this movie. Yeah, absolutely right. Because I didn't feel like this movie wasn't for me, which I have felt watching a movie. And I'm sure, Sophie, you have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know David has too, where you're watching a movie and you're like, this is just not directed at me. Like I'm not the target audience. And I don't like this, but I'm not supposed to. And I didn't feel that. Like, I didn't feel like what Greta was trying to do was like singling out men and being like, you don't get this because you don't experience it. She was actually just showing in in kind of in a, quite frankly, very obvious way, what a lot of men just don't understand, myself Mm -hmm. included, Um, and things that we would never know unless they were presented to us in this way which I thought was very interesting and kind of a very audacious undertaking to do when you're, it's an IP film about a toy, right? Like this isn't an independent like film. That's a character study about a woman. That's like um, emotional. And like, I think of a movie, which I don't, David, did you ever watch to Leslie, the movie that got, uh, had the like nomination last year, Andrea Riseborough for best actress, but it's not that. And not saying mm-hmm. that that's a bad film. I didn't really enjoy it. But that's a character study of a woman that's made like with this extremely low budgeted and is dark and depressing and is is a movie that like people will talk about in like a snooty manner and will say like this is an important film about what it's like to be a woman and blah blah blah. And it'll be seen by twenty five thousand people. Mm-hmm. Barbie is doing that, but on the largest scale that's ever been done. Yeah. So I, I just, that's so cool to me. Mm-hmm. David, how did you feel about this movie? I don't, I don't re- we haven't really talked about it. I don't, I know I saw your rating on Letterboxd, but mm-hmm. I don't really know what your, how you felt about this. I, um, first of all, I thought it was hilarious. I, uh, I, <laughs> I saw a review on Letterboxd and the guy was like, or I don't know if it was a guy or a girl. I didn't pay attention, but they're like, I'm sorry. And I know this movie's for women and about women, but Ryan Gosling was like the funniest part of this movie to me. And uh, I just feel like every, I don't know. I just thought he was so funny and like his delivering of the lines and his setup of his jokes, I thought were so good. And yeah, there I'm what's, I forgot her name. She's SNL. She's an SNL. She's the, unless we're not wanting to reveal that character. Oh, are you talking about weird, Bar- Kate McKinnon, weird Barbie. Yeah, Kate McKinnon. I, mean, I, thought I, she, I, I thought she was really funny too. I thought the delivery of her lines was funny, but no. So I thought it was funny. Um, it delivered well for me. Um, it was like a lot to process, I think. It's not one, I wasn't expecting it. So not, not only am I like seeing this movie for the first time, but now it's like, oh, this is when I was expecting. I got to re like wire what I, you know, what I thought this movie would be. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you felt this way, and I don't think you did. Just knowing knowing you, um, at, at any point, did you feel like like a dump on men? There was like um, one certain point in the movie where men were kind of getting dumped on. So I think you know this is an important message, and I'm not wanting to. I'm not let, trying not to let that affect me, and you know, trying to get to the bigger right. meaning behind you. this movie. Do you did you feel that at all, or were you just like keep going? <laughs> so I. I think that I think that anybody would be lying and whenever they see like a group of people that they belong to being the butt of a joke, even uh, you're instantly like your first initial gut reaction is to get upset on that behalf. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that like, I don't want to do the like, she's not talking about me thing because I've definitely, I'm sure I've said things, I'm sure I've done things um, Mm -hmm. that have you know, not empowered women and have been to the detriment of some women in my life. I'm a hundred percent sure I've done that. Um, but I wasn't offended because one, some of them were like, Oh yeah, I've seen other guys do that. And like, that's terrible. But at this, 
at the same time, I I think that at least I perceived Greta's tone as like she's she's not trying to attack people. She's trying to attack a system, but she's not trying to attack individuals. And unless you're an individual who believes that system is good, she's not talking about you. And mm, I think okay. that's also a theme in a lot of her other movies as well. Um, I mean, every single one of her movies is about feminism. It's like yeah. Lady Bird is about that. Little Women is, I mean, the novel Little Women is about that. And so it obviously is why she is as well. remade that movie, I feel like. Right. And in that that is a story about about capitalism more than anything, which I think mm-hmm. is a very interesting way to frame that. But I was predisposed to already knowing like this is going to be a movie about a, like an existential crisis. I knew that from the trailer, mm-hmm. but also it's going to be a movie about feminism and about the patriarchy in America. And so I yeah. think I knew that going in more than I did much more prep for this movie is in like, I'm one of the yeah. biggest Greta Gerwig fans on the planet. Yeah. So I was yeah. like ready to go. And so I, I think it, that didn't catch me off guard as much um, because okay. you can, it's easy to put yourself in like the Ken's place and see like, Oh, men are being the butt of the joke is like all men are dumb and just like, don't know what they're doing. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's what she's trying to say. Um, yeah. And so I okay. think that the Ken is just like the way that the Ken doll is used in the film, the way that Ryan Gosling is used in the film is like, just a blank canvas almost um, to show how men can become part of the system. That Got you. Okay. That helps. Keeps women down. That helps. So. Cause I feel like, it, you know, at one point you like walk out of the theater, you're like, wow, I just feel like absolute dog trash. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But knowing that now it's like, okay, that, I mean, that makes sense. And I guess you can almost, I get, well, you can't assume, but I feel like with Greta Gerwig, you can assume that she's not trying to just trash, you know, every single, no. you know, man or woman. Because there are some, like she mentioned, there are at the end a couple of stereotypes on the men's side as well. But I also think you have to remember, like everything to me in that movie was hyperbolized. Everything was a little bit dramatic. Yeah, 100%. Just to have that yeah. flair for effectiveness. Yeah. Right. 100%. Yeah. And so, and I think that, yeah, she probably wants you to feel a little bad. Um <laughs> And the way that like everybody does, which is we can talk about. Mm-hmm. That's the weird thing is Barbie and Oppenheimer are actually kind of similar. And yeah, low key. like yeah. the ways that they, well, first of all, they're both about movies about existential crisis. Like they, that's what the main characters are having in both of the films. Uh, one of them's obviously the, a real story and the other one's not. But they're hey, also like movies. That, Oppenheimer was real, man. You're thoroughly right. You're thoroughly <laughs> you're thoroughly entertained uh, throughout, but like you leave and you're like, "That was great," and also, "Oh my god, what have we done? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what have we as a society done?" And I, it's yeah. so interesting that both of those had that reaction. I think honestly, I was more contemplative after watching Barbie than I was after watching Oppenheimer. Um, mm. And I think maybe it's because I already had feeling set up about how I felt about the atomic bomb and all that. Like, it's kind of impossible to go through a World War II history class and then not develop those like all <laughs> preconceived notions already. So I don't yeah. know that that film really revealed a whole lot new to me. I think it explained a lot of things, a lot of things more in depth than I thought. But Barbie was like, a lot of the stuff was just, I don't think about this on a daily basis. And so I was like really being forced to confront some of these things, which I'm sure was Greta's goal from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, this, it, I mean, we knew it, I guess a decent amount, but also just felt very hidden. Like she didn't want to reveal a lot of what this movie was going to be talking about and what, you know, what you would experience mm-hmm. in that movie. And I think she mm-hmm. did it well. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are surprised like, Oh, this isn't just a sides, you know, slapstick comedy about a Barbie who accidentally stumbles into the real world. You know, there's a deeper mm-hmm. meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Sophie, will you now be interested in watching Greta Gerwig's other films now that you've yeah. seen Barbie? hundred percent. Okay. Definitely. Um, I'm going to watch Lady Bird and the other one. Get in line with Little Women. Get in line for Little Women. I've been waiting to see that. I may just have to rent it. It's just not been available. You do have since. to just pull the trigger on that. Yeah. I'm going to buy it. I'm buying it on Blu-ray, actually. Mm. I'm going to do that soon. Uh, Francis Ha. David, you've seen Francis Ha, right? Yeah. I would highly recommend that as well. She helped write that one. She didn't direct it. Mm. Um, but that one is like 
also a very universal movie because it's about a person who gets out of college and doesn't know what they want to do with their life mm-hmm. and like is trying to figure out how to be an adult um, right. and it's kind of depressing and a little scary and mm-hmm. so I love that one Francis yeah. Haw's great um, so I would highly recommend that as well um, I also wanted to watch Lady Bird before Barbie so just let the record show okay. that I wanted to watch it before Barbie <laughs> yeah Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I've added it to the official tally. Uh, okay. So the history, the history books will know. Whenever there is a three hour Sophie movie directed by Christopher Nolan in 45 years, um, that will be in there that you wanted to watch Lady Bird yeah. first. It's going to be the climax of the movie. Yeah. That'd yeah. be wild. I just <laughs> can't, can't wait for. A, Atomic Bomb 2 that Sophie's about to make Atomic in your guys' backyard. <laughs> That's going to be so That's going to put me on some sort of list with the government, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Sorry. Uh, if you're listening in various government agencies, that was a joke. Sophie is only interested in hydrogen bombs, not um, classic <laughs> atomic true. bombs. True. So, and she loves you're all, America you're so all much. You're on that front. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely doesn't have strong opinions on creating a nuclear wasteland for sure. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Nathan is fine. we may not want to get into this conversation just yet, but like are we where where does this sit in 2023 movies for you? Like is this something we kind of want to get into now or you want to save Barbie? this? Yeah. Barbie? One. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One. Um I and it's not a five-star film. It might be on rewatch. Um uh, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I was like so happy the entire time uh, just watching it. Like I, it was one of those where like every second I was watching the movie, which you did this with Oppenheimer. Cause I looked over at you at certain points. I can't imagine. My face was probably just wild. The smile that you had on your face was just so pure. <laughs> you were just having such a good time. And it was just like clearly an experience that you had been waiting almost your whole life for essentially because Christopher Nolan is your guy. Yeah. And so it was really cool to be a part of that, but that's how I felt with Barbie. Like, and it's not even a movie made for me, but the whole time I was like, (laughs) I can't believe I'm alive at the time that this is like going to make $200 million at the box office. And it's fantastic. And I love Greta Gerwig so much and I can't wait for her Narnia movies on Netflix, which I was not, I was almost like, turning into a hater and I was like, Greta Gerwig making Narnia. That's so stupid. And now I'm like, those are going to be so good. Like, so I don't good. even know. She can I'm do so anything excited. if she just made a, like, a Barbie movie, you know? She's writing. What, what can she not do? But not directing the new Disney Snow White movie, which was the only Disney live action remake that I will now be seeing because it's got <laughs> Greta Gerwig attached. Um, I've heard some so. weird things with that. That's another podcast, but I've heard yeah, some things. I'm like, is podcast. that even Snow White? I have well. I'm, I'm not I'm not excited about it at all except for the fact that it's Greta Gerwig so hey. I'll be there you know come on, come on. I, I, th- and this is actually I also wanted to ask you this is Greta Gerwig like now the kind of household name where if she's attached to something everybody's gonna care because Lady Bird is a smaller movie Little Women did good box office honestly especially for a, a classical novel adaptation to good box office but this is a different realm i mean this is the most successful non-sequel non-superhero movie in the last decade like i mean if you're thinking about it i don't know what other movies like have been this big that haven't haven't had marvel or a sequel attached hmm I was about to say Avatar 2, but that's a sequel. Right. And Top Gun Maverick, sequel. And, you know, all the Marvel movies you have that were dominating forever. So, (laughs) like, is she now, like, the new... Is she Nolan? You know, is she directed by Greta Gerwig? You're like, okay, I'm going. Hmm. Opening weekend, I'm going to be there. Because she was like that for me, but I don't think she was like that for a lot of people. Yeah. I think... And I know she doesn't want to be this. She's definitely the you know, most acclaimed and the the best, biggest female director in the world. And I know she's been quoted like she wants to be in the conversation of best director, not just female director, um, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, I don't know. It's only her third film. And it feels like 
with how much success Barbie's had, it feels like it's like, oh yeah, Greta Gerwig, but she's still like kind of a rookie. Like, I mean, three films isn't a lot, which is crazy to see no. that. She, I mean, her she's inclining pretty steeply right now, and just as far as her success and um, box office gross right now. So I, maybe I'm, I don't know. It's I mean, definitely if, if we're having this conversation is impressive enough. You know what I mean? And maybe since we are talking about absolutely. it, maybe then the answer is yes. I don't know. You know. So, David, you and I care a lot about the behind the scenes of movies. And because of that, we know a lot of directors and not just the biggest ones, but we know a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And Sophie, I'm not trying to pick on you by saying this, but I would I would assume you don't really care. Like the majority of times when you watch a movie, you may not know who the director is or you don't really care. It's not like, a oh, this person directed it. I'm going to watch it. Am I correct in assuming that? Yeah, I was thinking about your question. I was like, well, maybe, I don't know. And then I was like, Sophie, I have no, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like I just found out who Christopher Nolan was at, once I started dating David. And I didn't right. even like his best movie. So like, I don't think I have an opinion in this conversation. Um, guys, if you didn't know this, this is this is my favorite <laughs> thing about David and Sophie's relationship. Not only did Sophie not really enjoy The Dark Knight, but she made fun of it and said it was like really stupid. <laughs> and, so, and they're still together. <laughs> so it's pretty insane. Um, I, I can't stand by my opinion on Dark Knight. <laughs> She did. And you said that, like, while you guys were still dating, right? Didn't you, like, tell him, like, this is really dumb? Like, you had yeah, the I think I pretended for, like, a week to like it. And then... I and then she hooked me. And then she yeah. she told me the truth. Yeah, and I think <laughs> you, Nathan, asked me about it in front of David. And I, I couldn't lie anymore. <laughs> so. Oh, so it was my fault. Wow. I didn't even no. know that. It's uh, funny. It was bound uh, to come out anytime. anytime. <laughs> But, so point. let me ask you this, Sophie. If you see a movie and you just see that it's directed by Greta Gerwig when you're watching a, a trailer, are you telling David you guys have to go see it in theaters? Uh, no. I don't okay. base it off directors, which is kind of silly. I don't know. If it looks okay. good, it is good. Right. I mean, it's definitely going to have some influence of like, oh, okay. she did Barbie. Right. And Lady Bird and Little Women. And Narnia. Come on. On Netflix. So like yeah, that's, that's the part that's depressing. Is that direct to Netflix, Netflix or is that going to be a theater yes, experience? Gonna, well, I'm sure it'll do the oh. thing where it opens in like New York and Los Angeles and everybody gets all excited about it and it makes like $20 million and then it'll be on Netflix. Direct to streaming is the worst thing on this planet, dude. I do hate it. I do hate it a lot, which is why Nolan left Warner Brothers and made Oppenheimer with Universal, which Good they announced him. its Netflix date. When it's coming to Netflix, you want to guess? Take a wild guess. See when Oppenheimer's coming to Netflix. I read this article today. It was so funny. <laughs> Should I know? I mean, just guess. Like, just give me a time range. Uh, in the next six months. Um, no, 2027. I was going to guess 2025. <laughs> I was close. Why did I think the next six months? It's probably going to be I in theaters know. still, like, in five months. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan would start just murdering people at netflix that they tried to put his movie on there <laughs> four years jeez he, he would start I mean, he assaulting them though. with just really loud sounds honestly uh, so, so i still yeah. just can't believe that all this started because they were petty and then they just said we're gonna put barbie on the same day i wonder do you think the box office would be different you think both would, would make more money if they hadn't put it on the same day no, I, I genuinely believe that this is a rising tides lift all boats sort of situation. Come where on. These are weirdly so inextricably linked with each other that like they boosted each other up because so hmm. many people went to see both of them. I mean, when's the, Sophie, when's the last time you saw two movies in a weekend? In theaters. In theaters. Separate movies or the same movie? Separate movies. That I don't think ever. Right. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've even done that. I think I probably have, and I'm just not remembering it. Or maybe I've done it in a week where I watch like a movie like Thursday and then another one on Sunday, something like that. But mm. I, I don't know that I've even done that. And so many people are doing that. I mean, if you think about it, I, I would I would say like, what, a third of the people that saw Barbie also saw Oppenheimer and vice versa? Like, I, I bet mm-hmm. that's probably what the statistics shake out to that's crazy yeah 
I saw leading up to it, like on the Thursday night, one of the movie podcasts. So they're like forty thousand tickets had been bought for back to back screenings of them of Barbie to Oppenheimer, which is insane. That's yeah. which that's Thursday five which hours. Is, yeah, back to back. There's no hours. way I could do those two movies. Which is crazy. Yeah, and so yeah, I genuinely think that this is a a, a rising tide situation. I just. I think Barbie and Oppenheimer probably would have been big in their own right, but I think mm-hmm. them being packaged together and also both casts have been like really cool about it and like mm-hmm. been like really supportive of the other one where in the interviews, they obviously have been asked because it's such a meme now they've been asked yeah. about it and each one has been like, yeah, I think it's great. I think you should absolutely go see the other one. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it, we're kind of in this weird, which movies have always kind of been like this. But we're definitely in this weird like post pandemic era where people just want movies to make money now. And so like mm-hmm. there's no competition. Like they don't care if it's like their competitor. They're just like, if people are going to the movies, that's good. Cause ultimately that's good for us because we make movies. Mm-hmm. And so that's been kind of cool. Cause Tom Cruise, who like behind closed doors, was clearly upset that Oppenheimer was taking their IMAX screenings. Yeah, he went and took a photo in front of Barbie and Oppenheimer posters and said like he was excited to go to the movies. Yeah, and I think it's just like a, yeah, we just want people back, which we're getting. So yeah, which you know that hurt Mission Impossible, you know, being out Absolutely. only a week and then those two follow up, but it's like man, I, movies, movies are back and I'm supporting my fellow artists and actors and actresses, you know, and it's it's a cool thing to see. If Mission Impossible comes out the last week of June. Or the middle of August, it does double. I genuinely believe easily. That. Well, when it got hurt with COVID, it inflated its budget. Now I think it's like two hundred ninety million dollar budget because of, um, mm-hmm. I think COVID. I believe, and it it's gonna get saved by overseas money though. It'll be fine. It's not gonna be yeah. an Indiana Jones situation, which is crazy. That by the way, Indiana Jones five came out what a month ago. Do we yeah. care? Nobody cares. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, me too. I don't care. But I'm not rewatching it. I am rewatching right. these other ones. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, last, I want to just last thoughts. Is there anything else you want to share about your experience watching Barbie or Barbie itself? Um, before we before we move on. Supr- that our little our little theater was pretty pretty full. I was pretty impressed. Um, a lot of people in pink, and uh, including there were a you. Couple yeah, I wore my one pink shirt that I had. I wore more okay. pink than, than she did, believe it or not. So one could say I'm I'm a bigger supporter of the anti-patriarchy than she is. Bigger supporter of the anti-patriarchy? Yeah, I don't really know what that sentence was. <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting one. I <laughs> We took us all on a journey. And sometimes that's what it's about. Hey, so entertainment right there. No, it I was good wanna, though. I want to shout out two things. One, we've already talked about Ryan Gosling. He was hilarious. But the <laughs> I'm just Ken, like, beach fight into, <laughs> like, the, like, interpretive dance yeah. um, musical number was insane. Rob, I was like, was, what is happening right now? I just, was, this is insane. It was so good. And two, uh, so I have to confess something. I lied to you. I did cry. I teared up <gasps> during the uh, Billie Eilish song with the montage. You cried? Yeah, where I was like, what you have we done? You said you didn't. Because David was right, giving me a... Better. David was giving me a little little bit of a, you didn't cry, did you? And I felt like oh, I did. Oh, moment. My, oh, my bad. did do that. My bad. And so I was like, uh. And then I was like, you know what? Well, and I wasn't like a full-on... It was definitely like a welling up, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know why I was... A, didn't want to tell David that because I, we, I specifically remember what was the movie that won Best Picture two years ago about the death. Why can I not think of it? About the deaf family. Oh my gosh, Coda. Coda. I specifically remember us both tearing up during one scene and then we were trying not to and we looked over at each other and we're like, you're crying, aren't you? And we both went, yeah. It's like, at least I'm not alone, man. At least, yeah. at least it's not just me. But like, oh, it awesome. was the montage hit. I don't know why. I know they use like videos of like, I think I I read that it was cast and crew members like family 
is who they like took the home videos from. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's that's who's on there. Um, but it was just like, wow, this is just such an expert use of of music um, and like home video. And mm-hmm. it was a little bit of emotional manipulation by Greta, but it worked. It got yeah. me. So mm-hmm. yeah, literally every know. every new scene was just something I did not expect in this movie. Legitimately, you could not have guessed how this movie was going to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's just some wild stuff in there. It's so good. If you haven't seen it yet. What are you doing? Uh, welcome to being one of the four people in America that hasn't yet. So get in your car and go to the <laughs> cinema. Get in your get in your Malibu Barbie convertible that's mm. all pink mm. and go to the cinema and, and hang don't out be- with hang out with Ken and Alan. Don't be like Alan. No, Alan was do be like Alan. What do you mean? Alan was the ally. No, I'm just Alan messing. was helping. And them. the fact it was—I was just messing because he was kind of getting like—he's like the butt of the joke. I feel like people kept like, "Oh, Alan," you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I was like, just the fact that he was played by Michael, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah, it warmed my yeah. heart. <laughs> I was when like, "Let's go." Like, that's Alan. There's only one of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, I was actually really confused by that." <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense to me. That was so good. Uh, it's just it. It's hilarious. It's also a movie that makes narration good. Like the narration is funny, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. most of the time when I'm watching a movie and there's narration, I'm like, oh, lazy. Uh huh. You you didn't couldn't find a way to tell your story through characters. I don't think. I don't think Greta could have told this movie without narration. And I know I said one last thing, but this is truly the last thing. <laughs> the amount of like hoops that she had to jump through and tight ropes that she had to walk in order to make this movie to make Mattel happy, Warner Brothers happy, and then stick to her original vision of what she wanted, all of the complex political and social mm-hmm. themes that she wanted to integrate into this film. And the fact that she pulled it off, genuinely one of the most impressive writing, directing feats ever. Mm. Um, so uh, I clearly just, never I'm, seen I Am Legend. I who is the director for that film? Who directed I Am Legend? Without looking it up, you're looking it up. This right is now. no, I'm not. This is wrong, but I'm just gonna say Michael Mann. Michael Mann did not do not disrespect Michael Mann <laughs> by saying he directed I Am Legend. Um, That's so rude to Michael Mann. Oh my goodness! I think it's like I know it, but it's one of those like kind of mid mid tier directors who you maybe have heard of or heard of their movies, but you haven't heard of them. You know, you, you do not know. You, um. This person also directed three Hunger Games films. Oh my gosh. I love the Hunger Games. That's a good movie series. Three of them. So not all of them. The so last pick- three. Yeah, not I was going to say, I probably one. picked up the last three. Oh, I'm so upset. I don't know. Yeah, it's Francis Lawrence. You have no idea who that is. I would have heard of him just through like watching his movies and then like I always look up the directors. But yeah, no, I've not. Is that what else has he done? Anything notable other than that? Constantine, the Keanu Reeves movie. Okay. Red Sparrow, the other Jennifer Lawrence when she tried to be a spy. That movie I haven't seen it, but I heard it didn't work. And uh for some reason, Water for Elephants, which I know elephants. that Robert Pattinson is in and I have not seen. Yeah. Let me ask you this. We know that Greta doesn't care really about awards or money. She enjoys making. I think she cares about money. She wants to be the biggest blockbuster director ever. So, anyway. Do you think if this is getting nominated for something, what is it getting nominated for? And does this win Oscars? What What are you thinking? Screenplay, I think, is a lock. I don't understand how it doesn't get screenplay. Margot should get a Best Actress nomination. If she doesn't, that's a travesty. I could see Gosling and supporting. I'm just Ken mm-hmm. for Best Original Song. Set design. <laughs> costume design. Mm, yeah. Um, I think Greta should get a directing nom as well. But this movie's not like visually like... There's not a lot of like, oh my God, look at this shot. And like, how mm-hmm. did you do this? 
So I don't think it'll win like cinema, even though it's beautifully shot. I don't think it'll win cinematography. Um, other than that, I don't know. That's kind of, I mean, I think I listed seven. So I think it could easily get those. I think it's not going to win. It might win set design just because it's so flashy. And I think costume yeah. design's a lock. I mean, the integrating of all the other Barbie outfits throughout the last five decades is like really yeah. impressive as well. Um, and I, I would be shocked if Robbie isn't like a serious contender for best mm-hmm. actress. And if she's not, it means we just, there's some performance I have no idea about right now that's coming. That's going to be amazing. A Kate Blanchett and Tara that I just don't know about, or they're going to just pick the wrong person, which the Oscars do like 82% of the time. So, yeah. Yeah. And again, like I mentioned, like this movie doesn't really feel like she was trying to win Oscars. She uh, clearly had a bigger reason to make this movie. And she's kind of like a, who cares if this wins an Oscar or not, you know, this is um, not an awards bait film, but it's going to get awards regardless. Yeah. When is one of the Oscars? Is it March? Yep. Yeah. So we got a while. That is the other thing is both this and Oppenheimer are going to have the problem that Top Gun Maverick had where they'll lose their momentum because it's going to be so long, mm. especially with the strike. They're not going to be campaigning for the award season. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. But we can worry about that way later. So we can talk about the the old oppen oppen at a later time. Yeah, we're we're it, we're gonna be recording this in two parts because it's already almost well, it's like ten forty five, um, and I have to be up in less than seven hours, and so you know we're we're just gonna pace ourselves because Oppenheimer. Um, first of all, we're just gonna have to do it because David's gonna be like too excited like i don't <laughs> david's not gonna be able to go to bed afterwards you know what's um funny so we're rewatching it tomorrow i think i told you that we were wanting to rewatch it yeah we just decided to we're just going back to barry woods there was like four seats left and we took two of them <laughs> you're driving just... all the way back to kc tomorrow Jeez. yeah dude it's only like an hour and 15 it's not bad but we're like I mean, I guess 45 minutes add like 20 minutes and we're at an imax you're doing screen. imax yeah, same exact again. Awesome. Yeah, okay, that's good. And she that's was good. just as on board. I'm like, bet. Let's go. Let's. Do I just it. knew there wasn't any like, like competition with that. I was like, it seems like you want to do it. That's fine. I get popcorn and a coke. That's true. She, we both win. He gets popcorn and a coke, and she only spends twenty seven dollars. Yep. Bro, I found an AMC <laughs> gift card. Spent half of what I would today on these tickets. Found it nice. just in the. I re- re- remember that I've had it forever and I've not That's been impressive. able to use it. You know, so. if you're willing to make the hour drive, and you should just sign up for a list. That is really tempting. What is it, like sixteen bucks a month for unlimited movies? It's twenty bucks a month for three movies, up to three movies a week, and if you essentially see two movies in a month, you make your money back. <laughs> that really is tempting. Oh my goodness. Especially Sorry, like with how Sophie. much we watch. I apologize. Movies. Sophie's like, we don't, you do not need to spend money on that right now. <laughs> yeah, no so. way. Anyway. Yeah, it probably won't happen. But just if we just lived to... like close, we probably would consider it. Even Regal and St. Joe, but that's still 45 minutes. And it's like, ah, I don't know. And the, re- the Regal and St. Joe is not nice. Oh. It is crusty. It's no, it's no IMC. Crusty. It's no AMC IMAX. Yeah, that's for sure. It's not the hanger. Still- that's true. I love the hanger. Yeah, he's just really into the dentist ad. <laughs> I think it's funny, actually. <laughs> dude, it plays every time, dude. You think it's funny the 400th time you've seen it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I still think The <laughs> Office is funny after watching it 600 times. That's fair. What's funny is they 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 just showed a new ad before the movie. And I don't know if it's just they pulled it from the Dusty Vault to play it or they like made a retro ad, but it looks like it was made in 2001. It was. It was? It's an old ad, yeah. I, they just like randomly started playing again. I'm like, this is a very old ad. So it's weird. It's a weird vibe. It happens. With the curtain opening. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But hey, movies, cinema, it's back. We yeah. are 
We are Backenheimer. We are Barb and Back. Uh, mission, <laughs> mission and backable. It's like we're good. We're good to go. We're here. The physical Ready cringe that I have. So stick around for part two of this podcast where we talk about just the destruction of man um, and uh, how in the ears. How as soon as Florence Pugh was on the screen, David just was staring directly at me. And I felt like I was being watched while watching the film, um, which was a little weird experience, but yeah, it's okay. I would do the same thing for him if Will Smith popped up on screen. So (laughs) he's been quiet lately, especially if Will Smith was slap someone. Yeah. Yeah. And then made a bad Apple movie that nobody liked. Oh, I watched that. You didn't even like it. The really tough thing about those movies, I'll just it's it's like it's, it's a very honest movie about slavery, but when they're not great, it's like okay, I didn't enjoy this one because it's just not great, but now I'm also just depressed because of obviously <laughs> the, the topic of the movie. So it's like oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Anyway, I don't think Sophie's gonna join us for the Oppenheimer portion. I don't think she cares to, um, unless she wants to. You're more than welcome to if you would like to, but it's just gonna be a lot of you hearing. David say what David's probably already said to you in the car on the drive home. So, right. <laughs> so That's anyway, fine. I can talk we will, about Barbie. We'll get to that later. It's going to be a day at least for us to talk about it, but you'll hear it instantly. So stick around for, hey, for our thoughts on Robert Downey Jr.'s receding hairline. Hey, yo. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And then hi again.